Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Changemakers podcast brought to you by SAP Services and Support. I'm your host, Robin Prince, and our discussion today is all about driving a successful holiday shopping season to build strong, lasting relationships with your customers. And to provide some insight into this topic, with us today, we have Constance Stapolniak, Global Customer Experience Advisor with SAP Customer Experience, and our first podcast guest from an SAP partner, Mark Schalke, who is the marketing director at SAP Partner Mention Me, author of a book called Boring to Brave and co-founder of PR marketing agency Rebel Tech. So, you know, just light backgrounds, no experience at all. Yeah, we have some great insights and they, they have some great experience to back these insights. So with that said, Mark and Constance, I would just like if you could give maybe just a couple more sentences on your expertise, your backgrounds, your experience before we hop into some of the questions that we came up with for today. So maybe Constance, we'll start with you and then Mark, you can follow. Okay. So very happy to be here, Robin, today. So I'm a past business executive. I have led business transformation for 20 years as a CMO for companies that you might have heard of, such as Sephora, such as <laughs> Caballo, which is a woman apparel, or Galerie Lafayette, which is a high-end department store, always focusing on customer centricity. And my role at SAP is helping companies create business and achievements and customer centricity transformation and helping them with their digital transformation, which of course is a difficult path to go through. Absolutely. Thank you, Constance. And Mark, I'll turn it over to you with that. Thanks, Robin. And welcome to, no, <laughs> you'll, you'll edit that. <laughs> yes, welcome. <laughs> Thanks, Robin. It's really, really good to be here. I suppose my background is quite, is not as established as Constance's, but it, what I've done is tried to gather and collect experiences. So I've been a journalist, I've been a, an editor, I suppose, for the sake of this podcast, notably, I was editor of a magazine in the UK and Europe called Marketing Week. I've worked for some of the big ad agency groups in my time. And as you say, I, I co-founded an agency for B2B marketing and mostly tech called Rebel Tech. But then I've also I've found a great love over the last 10 years in B2B marketing specifically and bringing a customer-oriented profile and perspective to that. So rather than looking at it specifically through the tech and the buyer, the brand, looking at it through the end user, the customer and the the approach and the trends and the you know the the sentiment of of those guys I found it quite valuable sort of pathway bringing that outside perspective. Absolutely. So for our listeners, clearly they have incredible backgrounds and are going to shed some great light on this topic today. So with that, we're just going to jump right in to our first question. And Constance, we can start with you again. As we move closer to the holiday season, it's a critical time for companies to understand how to nurture customer advocacy, foster loyalty, and drive customer lifetime value. Can you talk about why Black Friday planning is a crucial entry point for the making of a successful holiday season? Okay, sure, Robin. So essentially, it's crucial for three reasons. The first one is obviously Black Friday is the biggest sales day for many retailers. And also the Cyber Week is the most important week of the year. So obviously making it a success is good for the team morale and it's showing good capacity to sustain success during the whole Christmas season. And that's going up to the winter sale. That's the first thing. The second one is from a customer perspective, 
is that you want to not just sell product during Black Friday, you actually want to create an experience. This is super important. Just let me give you one number. 86% of customers value experience over product. They remember the experience. And so what you have to go for is to create that experience that will lead to an emotion. And we all know that emotions are so much stronger than just a rational transaction that we really have to aim at delivering that emotion, even though it's Black Friday, even though we're seeing tremendous peaks of sales, very busy stores, retail, whatever, you have to go for that emotion. And it has been, let's face it, understated during the last years. So that's the second target you want to go for. And what is at stake here is if you're able to deliver that experience that we're speaking about that will drive that customer emotion, we're going for that second transaction that the customer should be doing during that Christmas season. So we're actually going for that customer lifetime value we all want to go for, right? The third thing, which is very important, is that because you collect incredible amount of data during the Black Friday day or the Cyber Week, you want to leverage it to optimize this whole tunnel, which is the Christmas season and the winter sales, right? How do you want to leverage it is because you know what product is important for or hot or in demand for that specific customer segment, Mm -hmm. you want to align all the go-to-market operations, merchandising, emailing, sales assistant, just training, just to make sure that you're able to personalize and make it personal for them to show them the product or the service that they will react to and that they think is important. On the other hand, you're able also to look at the laggers and say, okay, how do we do something about those laggers and make sure that we're not you know, left on with a lot of laggers on our, our hands by the end of the winter sale? So again, this success will allow the whole success of the Christmas season, allow that second transaction and allow the optimization of the store operations during that season. So in the conclusion, I would say that Black Friday, this incredible margin effort that all the retailers go through, it's serving a bigger cause. It's actually mm-hmm. serving customer loyalty and lifetime value because of that investment. Now, you touched a lot about how driving emotion and personalization, how that helps to drive those outcomes that we are looking for with the customers and that long-term engagement. How do you go about creating that emotion and brand building strength to increase the customer lifetime value? And why is it important, again, to connect to customers on a personal level? Okay, so for two reasons. First of all, a brand doesn't belong to itself anymore. A brand actually belongs to its customer and to its prospect. And that's super important. It's because you're not able to just control what is said about your brand. You have to be able to create positive interactions and positive interactions. And to do that, you basically have to focus on three key things. I call them the three pillars of a successful loyalty interactions. And they're about focusing on the mind, on the heart, and the soul of each customer. The mind is obviously, you know, speaking about the rational benefits that you can provide him. Yes, there will be great value deals at Black Friday. That's speaking to the mind. It's rational, right? But that's not enough. 
you also have to speak to the heart. And the heart is here. We're creating that emotion. We're going here for personal recognition. And the client is appreciating that. And it's mm-hmm. creating that brand loyalty. And the heart, how do you create that emotion? It's because you try to focus on lifting customer pain points. Let me give you some examples. It's free shipping, or it can be valet parking, or it can be personalized coaching on A, B, and C. But it's always looking at customer pain points and lifting them through services. They can be free. They can be paying services, but you're speaking to the customer's heart here. The third pillar, which is becoming more and more important, especially for Gen Z, it's the soul. And the soul is, does this company align with my deep values? Where do they stand in terms of animal testing, in terms of Mm -hmm. local production? And do I feel I belong and I want to be proud to say I am shopping at this brand, you know, do I belong to this community? It's all a question of how do I connect with them, right? And so by working on all of these three pillars in each interaction and making sure that you're always speaking to those three, heart, mind, and soul, then this is how you create this big customer loyalty and you're making sure that you're really driving long-term brand preference and choice. And that will enable you to even sustain a bad customer interaction because you will have created that long-term bonding, right? Yes. Yeah. I love that those three pillars, heart, mind, and soul, because it it's recognizing this shift in strategy to align with the human experience. We all have so much access to technology and data and all of these things that is just given to us on a daily basis. We really want more. We want to make sure the companies that we're buying from are doing what they're saying they're doing. And we have a voice to say that now on all platforms. So creating that alignment in a seamless customer experience that really touches their heart, mind, and soul. I think it sounds very simple, but there's always so much that goes behind that as you have pointed out thus far. So thank you so much, Constance. And Mark, I think we'll turn to you now with a couple of questions. So you've mentioned in the past in our previous conversations, referral engineering. So what is that and why is it so powerful when it comes to creating customer advocates and driving that extended lifetime value? Yeah, thanks, Robin. So firstly, Constance, this isn't a sell to you at all, but Constance sounds like Mention Me's ideal customer, right? Our CMOs, (laughs) our marketing directors and CMOs that buy Mention Me understand everything intrinsically that Constance has just talked about. The mind, heart, and soul three pillars, the emotion, the experience that needs to be created for a a genuine shot at customer lifetime value, and the insight that comes from all the data that has to underpin all that stuff is exactly how Mention Me feels about marketing. This is why we invented referral engineering as opposed to just straight referral and a kind of referral add-on or widget or tool. Referral engineering There's long been a sense among marketers that word of mouth could be a potent source of organic growth. If only there was a way to engineer it, to track it, to drive it, to optimize it. And like all marketing disciplines, let's say the last 10 years, but probably more, referral is done well with the correct applications of, say, science and data and insights. Now, get that stuff right, and it's devastatingly effective. Unlike other marketing channels, Referral doesn't just integrate with the rest of your tech stack. And this is where the constant point of view comes in for me. 
It also integrates into your customers' relationships with one another. It taps into and finds a place in human desire to communicate and share with peers. And our referral programs basically enable brands to build authentic, genuinely authentic. Look, we all talk about the same. Marketers have a habit of using the same terms all over the world. Yeah. So authentic <laughs> has now become almost wasted as one of those terms. But we can build authentic connections with our brand's customers. The sort, by the way, Robin, that only generally exist otherwise outside of marketing and advertising. Right. So like connections that create deep emotional engagement that the most timely digital banner or cleverly worded Google ad can only hope of doing. So if you think about it, we're coming up to holiday season and we'll talk about Black Friday, but we're coming up to holiday season with Black Friday and Thanksgiving and Christmas and so on and so forth. People haven't seen each other properly for the last year and a half, okay? Imagine if barbecues and Thanksgiving dinners and Sunday roasts and Christmas dinners could be your most effective media channels. Yep. You think about this, like for the last hundred years, General Mills and Nestle and Kellogg's have fought to be the breakfast of choice on a customer's kitchen table because they think mm-hmm. that's the heart of the home, the kitchen table, the family gathered around. That's pride of place. That is that Absolutely. you've done your marketing job if you are in that intimate family moment, okay? And you've got the sure. product and service to justify that insider status. Now, traditionally, mm-hmm. marketers haven't perceived referral as a marketing channel in itself because results haven't justified that kind of status. But we're not talking about referral, cross your fingers and hoping. We're talking about referral engineering. So that data-driven approach to referral enables, if you can capture and harness and capitalize on all that great stuff, that best customer positive sentiment at scale, you don't have to interrupt like advertising. You don't have to disrupt or get in the way. You're literally lifting e-commerce off the screen and into the real lives and conversations around the table. So suddenly... Referral marketing, referral engineering isn't like other channels because it doesn't mm-hmm. beg for attention. It's innate and it's rooted in those that you want to get close to. It's the pubs and the picnic advocacy captured and tracked and valued. And suddenly these meet like your most effective media channels become these occasions when families and friends are getting together on the days that mean most of them and your current and future best customers. So you talk about lifetime value. We have the stats that talk to retailers and other businesses that talk about extended lifetime value. So if you can imagine the difference between a Black Friday buy and bolt customer, it used to be me. Black Friday is all about me. I want that mm-hmm. product. I know the deal's coming that week. So I'm going to get in, elbows out, get everyone else yeah. out and get it before <laughs> it goes out of stock. It used to be a me, me, me affair. Yeah. Now yeah, Black absolutely. Friday, we've got the data to show Black Friday is becoming, it's changing nature to becoming a more sharing and collaborative. You talk about heart and soul. Black Friday is becoming a day when people want to share with their loved ones. So 20% growth in referrals every year on Black Friday alone. Three times more referrals on Black Friday than the average day. For luxury brands, that goes crazy. So for luxury fashion brands, for example, referrals are up nearly 300% on Black Friday. This is sharing with others to give somebody else a win. Not just Mm. me, a collaborative Mm -hmm. shared win. And that extended lifetime value comes because we know that referring customers want to spend more because they've already self-identified with a brand. They've said so by sharing it with somebody else. Referred customers spend 11% more on first basket, but more importantly, 
they are more likely to refer onwards by five times the average. So they suddenly become your extended customer lifetime value, your customer's lifetime value, and all the lifetime value of the customers they refer. So we think we've got a really special story to tell around holidays. Because like Constance said, you're not tapping into a one day, one moment, one transaction. You're tapping right. into the opportunity to give somebody a genuine experience and a relationship. Yes, absolutely. Wow, Mark, you just put out some some heavy stats there. And I think to kind of sum that up, you know, referral engineering, it's the technique that you use, genuine authentic, as we say, technique that we use to get into that inner circle. And that inner circle is the source that just is the catalyst for that exponential growth thereon. So that's incredible. And I think it's certainly for me as a new channel, a new avenue to drive that growth. So it's very interesting to hear about that. So as I mentioned in the intro, you know, Mark, you're our first SAP partner to be on the podcast with us as well. So how do SAP and mention me? work together to help address customer challenges and drive forward that long-term customer advocacy and referral marketing. Thank you. This one I think is for you and and Constance together. Yeah. (laughs) Talk about a way to make a guy feel special. (laughs) The first SAP partner to be on the podcast. Um, Yeah. So you're right. Referral engineering speaks to our understanding of data science, our expertise in doing it for 450, 500 global brands across the world, but also The referral psychology, the psychology that surrounds referral is something we're pretty expert in. And that means you can get to that referral engineering stage. And for us to partner with SAP, we're able to scale this seamlessly. With the SAP Mm -hmm. Commerce Cloud and Amasis, we're empowering e-commerce teams and marketing teams to scale personalization, convert more customers, and more often, and at a higher value. So if you take, for example, some of the Stats. I went to look up some of the stuff we're doing with some of our shared brands, and um, it's amazing. Like pretty little thing, I think, mm-hmm. came to us mm-hmm. wanting to improve how they engaged with their best customers. What's currently happening with pretty little thing is that new contacts are being automatically pre-populated and created in Amasis from referral programs. We're wow. implementing referee coupon reminders for the U.S. market using our A/B testing by cohort. We're implementing personalized landing pages. These things are really, really powerful in the customer journey. Personalized landing pages across all of our touch points. And the results are like a pretty little thing are telling us that, you know, their contact database increased by 13,000 people in three months. Um, Their coupon redemption increased by 10%. Their total new customers from referral increased by 9%. And AOV increased as well. And, you know, we've got like, over 20,000 referral events being sent to a master's per day. So mm-hmm. together, the scale of what we're doing together is, is quite astonishing. And it's a lovely partnership for us to be drawing on right now. And we've got some lovely products coming out in 2022 that we think can power it more. I'm dead excited because I've always been, I told you earlier, I'm not particularly technical and I'm not from a hard B2B marketing background. I came in through journalism and then through advertising and then bought some stuff together and fell in love with B2B tech as a space to be and Mm -hmm. to offer value. But jobs don't work. I'm sure Constance will agree with this. Jobs don't work for you unless the people are great, the environment's great, the mission is great, but also the product is exciting and gives you a chance of dreaming and reaching for the stars. And, you know, I'm very, very happy here. And the, the SAP partnership's been a real big part of our year. 
What I love also about Mention Me, Mark, is that it's actually working effectively at the beginning of the engagement funnel, you know, from, from a customer standpoint. I think a lot of brands always work on the awareness part with paid advertising or SEO and very rational yes. media, paid media. And I love that Mention Me is working on the more emotional, community-based ways of engaging with clients. And I think this is, again, speaking to the mind, to the heart and to the soul, and you're speaking to the heart. And of course, as you mentioned, it's seamlessly integrated with all the SAP solutions. So it's delivering this very end-to-end seamless experience. But I think your product is very strong because it's working on this emotion for a community-based relationship and uh, driving brand preference through that community feeling. I think this is very powerful. Yeah, your focus and expertise, Constance, on customer centricity. When I was a journalist writing about brands and they were talking about customer centricity, customer centricity to some of the banks, for example, has in the past felt like as long as they put something about the customer in their adverts, they're done. What customer centric marketers really understand is It's not about building a product that delivers most for the shareholders and is designed that way. It's building a product or a service that is built up from the customer with the customer wrapped around it. And then that's going to produce the results anyway. You know, the way we operate is a golden marketing moment. Because if you've got two people in a bar or in a restaurant or at a game or spending time with each other's families in the garden or whatever it might be, and they happen to be talking about something, a product, You don't need to do any customer segmentation in that moment. The person's already segmented the target for you. They've done all the, they know the person so well that they're referring to. They've done all that filtering. They know this product that they're loving is really great for my friend or my family member. So they've done that for you. And it's not interruptive. It's not begging for attention because they're already talking about it. And you're nowhere near it trying to sell, sell, sell. It just comes up in the conversation. So it's right place, right person, right time without having a digital banner anywhere near it. And it's really powerful. And it's emotional based because it's recommended by a friend, right? So we're speaking at the heart level. And so here we're creating a bond that is so much stronger. This is so funny because I have an anecdote here about in the Metro, I had this experience where I, I was listening to two Gen Z that were, you know, in the digital business and they were actually looking at all the brands they wanted to work for. And they knew like all of the brands like, oh, this brand don't go with, I have my cousin, she's working there. She doesn't like it, whatever. At that one point, and this is true, I promise. At one point, they started speaking about Cabayou, which is the brand I was working for. And they're like, oh, you should go. And, and Cabayou is not like a Gen Z appealing brand, let's face it. But they actually said, oh, you know what? I heard that it's really cool right now at Kama. You should consider working there. And I was like, oh my God, I forget that my business card, you know. But this is exactly, Mark, what you're mentioning. It's this power of the recommendation that makes the brand appealing to this whole community. And you actually haven't done anything besides actually many things, right? Getting all of your customer centricity alignment, but basically you're letting it go and making the customer sell to their friends what they believe in. This is why it's so important that the heart, the mind, and the soul. So I I love that. I love that you heard 
real live trust marketing happening <laughs> around a brand you're personally attached to on the metro. That must, have been, that must have been like where you hold up the sign saying, marketing just happened. Real life marketing just happened. They didn't I even didn't look at my ad for it. They just, yeah. <laughs> but the, but the, the other thing about it is, you know, this is about to feel like this conversation is about the great things in our jobs, right? It's about customer. It's about customer obsession and centricity and about trust. And it really isn't just about our products or our services. But the thing that our partners are coming to us for and that more and more mid-level and upper-level retailers and e-commerce businesses are coming to us for too is that referral is just the start of it. Because what referral gives you is an absolute avalanche of really, really high-value first-party data and with that data, you can do so much to enrich all your other marketing channels because you've got something to say about segmentation. It tells you about who your best customers are that are willing to recommend you and what they look like and where you can find clusters of customers that look just like those guys. So the stuff we're doing with some of our paid social partners are throwing up lookalike audiences that are enhancing our value of you know their activities and their ads by like 50 odd percent. So we're doing quite a lot beyond referral and the opportunity is really cool. But again, it's, it's not so much first-party data in the sense that a marketer needs it because of everything that's going on around third-party data and, and what have you and blockers and you know regulation. It's that this stuff is being given to you by real people in real moments and you're tracking it in real time. And it's them feeling rewarded and closer to a brand and them building your acquisition network and your acquisition for you. And while you're sleeping, it's your customers doing your marketing for you. It is really cool. And I think we are talking now, you said about it's a strong channel. We're talking about trying to engage the market in understanding that actually this could be a marketing channel, not just a marketing add-on, but a marketing discipline in itself, like email marketing, like SEO, but referral engineering and referral marketing could be it could sit right up there with your other stack because it genuinely delivers data into those other pockets. I just want to speak from an outside-in looking party on both of you and your partnership. And it just really does go to show when you have that, the three pillars, the heart, the mind, the soul at the center of anything that you do with that human experience and that personalization and that connection, that is the foundation to drive growth in all directions. And it, it speaks to marketing, referral engineering, but also just driving the business forward together in the way that you two are doing. It really is incredible and it shines right through in the way that you converse with one another. So thank you for sharing that. I was just having fun listening to the two of you share your insights. And it's so wonderful to hear and see that. Um, and I'm sure that translates through to all of the customers that you're touching with the software and the, and the techniques that you utilize. So unfortunately, we've reached our last question. I'm having so much fun. I don't want it to end, but we have to end it somewhere. And Constance, I'll send this one your direction. So what last piece of advice can you offer to our listeners who do want to dive deeper into this topic and help ensure they're on the right path to execute successful customer experiences this holiday shopping season? Okay, so I would say three things. A, check the data that you have. Are you aligned? Do you know where you want to go? What customer segments do you want to reach? And what do you want to obtain? That's the first thing. The second thing is maybe go through your customer journey and check if you are speaking to them with that three pillar approach, the heart, the mind and the soul and making sure if not that you can reconnect to make sure that you will be able to deliver this experience. 
The last piece of advice is definitely to innovate, to see differently, to not see Black Friday just as a promotional day, but to see it as an experience and a brand building experience that you will deliver to your customers. So take risks, see things differently, just be who you are as a brand. So enhance your DNA, but go for it and test. Have fun. And Mark, I'll, I'll ask you the same question. So last piece of advice for our listeners on that same front. I'm totally, totally with Constance here. There are marketing technologies and tools that allow you, in a way we've never had before, to really get on the ground at your customer's level and understand what they understand about your brands. Constance said before, your brand really belongs to your customers. She heard it on the Metro, right? (laughs) So, So these technologies and tools are available to put you on the Metro next to your customers experiencing it the way they do. Now, if you can get there and you can listen into those conversations and help customers enrich their lives to your brand, you're doing it. And and I would say, rather than, I suppose the advice is, rather than thinking about whatever you think you can offer as a product and service and hoping to sell it to the customer, go the other way around, start from the customer's point of view and let, let their insight and behavior inform what it is you sell, what promotions. So Black Friday, guys, instead of treating it, as Constance said, as a promotion, a sales spike, a see how much we can get away with making on the day and then nursing our wounds from the chaos and hoping that the next one is even more successful, generate a relationship starting on Black Friday that's still happening in February, March, April, May, and June. Like genuinely get to their level, find out what it is they want and listen. So customer-centric marketing, basically. And measure. Exactly said. And measure the performance. Yes, and measure. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. Perfectly said. So for our listeners, if you want to learn more about SAP Marsis customer engagement and how it can help boost your retail brand sales and loyalty during this holiday shopping season and beyond, visit sap.com. Mark, I'm going to give you a little plug on your boring to brave book. Everyone go out and get it. You, you've heard him direct. So you know, he's wonderful. Thank you both so much for being here and sharing your insights. This was a lot of fun. And You're both wonderful people. So it shines right through in the work that you do. And if you've enjoyed this episode of the podcast, be sure to share and subscribe to the Changemakers podcast on your favorite streaming platform. And and thanks again to Constance and Mark and for everyone listening in today. And take care. We'll see you soon. Thank you. Thanks, Robin. Thanks, Mark. It was a pleasure. Absolutely. Absolutely.